Thank you, everybody. Thank All you right. a lot. Thank you. Good night, everybody. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Another installment, some might say the final of the Jessica's Jamboree podcast. The hot top. We got an extended edition extended. for you. Extended. Extended. <laughs> 15 to 20 minutes, baby. All right. Today's topic of discussion is chimeras. Human-animal-hybrid chimeras. Now, Caden, give us a little uh, a little background on the topic. Just get our, our viewers uh, interested. Well, um, chimera actually came from comes from Greek mythology. Oh. Um, and it was this magnificent monster with, like, all these... Like different animal parts, uh, it's like a lion's head and feet, also a goat, a goat's head sprouting off its back, unbelievable a serpentine tail. Whoa. So it's like this crazy animal, and a lot of different people had to fight it. Um, and uh, this actually, this hero named Bellerophon, who actually killed this monster with the help of a Pegasus. So this uh, chimera is just this. It's really historic. Um, Greek mythology, so it's definitely from a long time ago, and now it's bring, being brought back today. All right, thank you, Caden. We're here with Luke Stevens to tell us about some of the modern day examples and uses of the chimera. So the modern definition of a chimera is like anything, like any being that genetically is composed of different cells or tissues. So it can just be someone who has multiple blood types or even someone who was born as a hermaphrodite, which is both a male and a female. Uh, some modern examples of those are like identical twins because like in the womb, twins can be absorbed into each other. So like if your mom had twins, like you could absorb your brother or your sister and you'd become a chimera yourself. Whoa. And also, like, in nature, it happens. Like, they found examples in birds where, like, in red cardinals, one has beautiful red hair. One side of it has, like, beautiful red hair, and the other side just has normal female cardinal hairs. And it also happens with, like, mice, although Caden already went into that. Um, but there are some issues in legality regarding this because... In 2005, there was a bill attempted to, like, be passed in Congress that was called the Human Chimera Prohibition Act that would, like, uh, prohibit the creation of human chimeras at, like, all costs because it was really ethically wrong in the eyes of uh, those who presented it into Congress, but it died so there are no legal legal restrictions, but there are huge ethical concerns while doing it because of like the animal's well-being and are you introducing human thinking thought patterns into another like animal? So that could like make them considered an animal. I mean a human. I believe I accidentally said identical twins instead of non-identical twins. I meant to say non-identical twins when talking about how you can absorb your twin in the womb. Uh, at least 8% of non-identical twins have absorbed cells from their brother or sister, which technically makes them a chimera. 
And then when I talked about how uh, the cardinal had half red plumage on its body and the rest was like gray and normal, that is considered to be a bilateral gynandromorph, which is one side of the body is male and the other is female. This usually only happens in animals and nature. And they're essentially two non-identical twins joined down the center of their body. Uh, it's usually only seen if the two sexes have wildly different markings. So we don't know how often it happens because it's almost near impossible to determine how much it happens without going into extreme detail studying the matter. But we have seen cases such as the cardinal and with uh, other animals such as the mice and rat mixture that was created in a lab where one side was male and one side was female. But other than that, nothing really. All right. Thank you, Luke, for those examples of chimeras. Now to Caden, what are some other uses of chimeras, you know, beyond what Luke has told us and the obvious mythical definition? What, what are they being used for today? Um, well, one of the first uses of animal chimeras was in pigs. And they're also still a very common form um, that try to help save uh, human lives. And this is done by putting um, pluripotent uh, human cells inside of, a, of an animal's um, embryo. And so a lot of different common forms, like the, one of the first ones was also like the nude mouse. This was done in 1974. Um, um, also... Pretty recently in 2004, um, a an article published in the journal Blood, the authors described that experiments in which human uh, stem cells were transplanted, transplanted into um, a pretty young sheep fetus. So it's just like all these, it seems weird to put like a, a human uh, embryo in, or human cells into a sheep fetus because, but um the research being done will help um, or can help um, save lives. Um, and here is a, an interview done in on CBC uh, about the human-pig hybrid, and we'll play that now. This is it. Human stem cells being injected into a pig's embryo. For the first time, scientists are seeing how our cells grow and interact inside an animal. This pig, the first known chimera. The ultimate goal for this type of research is to whether we can use this technology to generate human tissue and organs. That's going to give us a lot of unique insights. Right now, scientists are nowhere near that goal, but recent studies have shown how that process can work using gene editing. Scientists would delete a specific piece of an animal's DNA so its embryo wouldn't be able to grow a heart, for example. Then they'd inject that embryo with human stem cells, which move into the void and grow a human heart. The embryo would then be put back inside the animal to develop. The possibility of growing human cells and tissues inside animal is an exciting first step for the dream of generating tissues and organs for transplantation in humans. We're still far away, 
To date, everything the researchers have done is legal, but what they're doing is highly controversial. The embryo is only being allowed to develop for 28 days. It's not allowed to be born. Bioethicists say this research raises a lot of uneasy questions. The boundaries between what it means to be human and what it means to be non-human uh, can become quite blurred. Um, also, you know, it, it's not great for the animals. There's, there's risks for them. There's no benefits for them. It may help a lot of people, but the moral status associated with this is a deep, deep, deep question. That word, chimera, from Greek mythology is meant to elicit fear. But the scientists argue they are trying to solve a problem and save lives, not create a monster. Christine Birak, CBC News, Toronto. All right. Thank you, Caden. Very informative uh, information and interview. Now on to you, Tyler, with your thoughts and research on chimeras. And uh, yeah, it's actually really relevant to the video, um, the video interview that Caden brought forward, because uh, that actually had a lot to do with the um, article that I'm presenting today. Um that same human like pig hybrid that was described in the video that Caden brought um, is like what is giving like scientists like their new view on life and how like lives can be saved in the future because a big part of uh, being a doctor and like a thing that a lot of patients uh, need in their lives that they have like little supply of, but a lot of demand is uh, organ donors actually. And especially in the U S we don't have a lot of those. Uh, you have the option, but it's, you don't have to it given the, in the case that like you have the opportunity to give an organ, but you don't have to, like I said, and, um, this biomedical advancement in Chimera specifically is bringing forward like a solution to this um, shortage of organ donors. So every 10 minutes, uh, says National Geographic, every 10 minutes, a person is added to the national waiting list for organ transplants. Every, and every day, 22 people on that list die without the organ they need it. And what this whole thing with chimeras is, what if rather than relying on a very generous person that would very gladly uh, donate one of their organs to uh, help you continue to live your life, what if you could grow like an organ from like another animal, get it implanted into you so that like you can continue to live and, and do your thing. And that's not really like possible per se yet, but this whole thing with chimeras, it's really bringing like big steps forward as to where we could save really a lot of lives here. And I think this is really important research going on right now. And um, chimeras, like organisms containing cells from two different species is like 
it is really big in the science world right now. And um, even though it's like an ethical dilemma, which we will get into more like later on in the podcast, this is like definitely like huge research and a giant scientific advancement, especially these days when organs and organ donors are really needed in like the demand in healthcare. Yeah, I'd say we're even pretty close to like it being uh, more common in this, like in today's society, because um, like they were doing this back in like 1974 is what um, is like one of the first instances. And so now we're yeah. in 2019 and we can, it's already been used, I think, like maybe like the liver and heart of a pig has been used um, and then given to a like a man who needed a one of those organs and so i think we're getting pretty close and science has evolved so much that we're getting pretty close to it becoming a lot more common but that debate is still up in the air about if it's morally right or not and we'll talk about that later yeah and given that like these kinds of experiments with chimeras are ineligible for public funding because of that ethical dilemma that we were talking about um it is uh, just move forward drastically because human animal chimeras like in the past, like even like not that long ago are like, just seem like way beyond reach because like the immune system of an, of one organism can like just completely reject, reject um, the organs of another organism. And, the fact that we can like make that work now is kind of like a big step and like it's just like moving forward in technology not only the ability to have the two uh organisms work combat compatibly but also the new or, or large advances that recently happened in genetic editing with the crispr and things like that All right, so now we're going to try and uh, introduce and show both sides of the ethical dilemma that has recently come up due to uh, these medical advances and the possibility of human-animal hybrid chimeras and what some people, uh, why some people are very for it and why some people believe that it's, uh, it's not would not be the right thing to do. Well, uh, I'm going to... Uh show the upside and scientists are definitely for the upside because there's a lot of potential in chimeras. Um, so by creating animals with human cells, scientists are, scientists are going to be able to monitor and track cell differentiation, tissue development and organ formation without using human infants as subjects. So using animals, like it just seems more morally correct to use like an animal instead of like a, a baby human. Belief. Some people would be like, even if it was an animal, they would still see that as morally wrong. Of right? course, of course. But, you know, it's just, I would much rather use, or not, I mean, scientists would much rather use an animal than a, a human infant. Um, because it's just our population. Um, also, um, uh, transplant nuclear transplant stem cells can be used to study the molecular mechanisms governing fundamental biological phenomena such as pluripotency, reprogramming, differentiation, and imprinting. And this is all on Shang's um, study at Shanghai Second Medical University. 
Um, also, this French team um, uh, has replaced uh, cells in the vertebrae of a cow, a developing cow fetus, with human pluripotent stem cells. And this allowed them to observe the differentiation and study the development of the spinal cord. So the spinal cord is obviously one of the um, most fundamental and most necessary things in animals and humans. Um, and studying this with the help of chimeras helps scientists learn so much more about um, just about like who we are and what the spinal cord intakes. Um, uh, scientists can also use chimeras to study the progress and mechanisms of diseases, um, and this includes like diseases in the tissues and organs of animals. And so, using chimeras with uh, human tissues offer scientists um, like a great substitute for um, for like a real human body. So they're able to do this research on an animal instead of a human, and hopefully, this will be able to. Scientists will be able to um, detect the movement and how these diseases evolve without having to do this research on a human. Um, and so, also, this was a lot of a lot of chimeras are done with pigs, just because their um, their organs are a lot similar to ours. And so, a lot of their a lot of research is also done on uh, chimeric pigs um, to study their immune system. Um, and just like all this research done, is being done on animals so that it can further grow and help the human population evolve and be the best that it can be. Um, and in addition to helping the study of disease, chimeras also just help. They, it's just a safer and more ethical method of testing for like new drugs. So we can test these these new products and research on animals instead of having to risk a life on a human. Um, obviously nobody wants to kill a human, but I mean, an animal's an animal and there's plenty of them. So that is the upside. In addition to that, um, while testing things like drugs and different scientific, uh, things on animals, no animals, immune system or organs are going to be exactly like a human's. So it's not really, it's not a for sure accurate way to test it. And that's where the human animal chimeras can come in. They allow researchers to experiment on human cells inside of a living organism. Even though it's not a human, it still has human um, organs and traits. Yeah. And now we'll move on to the downside. All right. So now we've seen the, uh, why some people are, very for continuing research into human animal chimeras. Uh, this is why some people may think that it's not the right thing to do, unethical, or that we should be focusing our attention on other scientific things. Tyler. And yeah, um, it was a lot about what Caden brought up about like um, the subjects that they're testing this on. Because like he said, it's good that it's not human lives that we're um, sacrificing for this research because obviously that bring up like a huge human rights thing and I know like there would be much more outrage on that as opposed to how it is now and 
like I said earlier, there would still be <laughs> a bit of backlash with how it is now because with animals, there are multiple uh, groups of people, like uh, PETA, for example, that find animal research of any kind just completely unethical. And in this research, it's no different because we are testing on animals. Um, but in like the two kinds of chimera studies that we're, that we're looking at, like the embryo kind and the, uh, the other kind of like sentient uh, animals, those are different because they kind of bring up like, at least in part, different like ethical questions. Because whether or not they're living or um, not is, like, a big part of that. And, like, the biggest thing ethically that I believe people are talking about when it comes to chimeras is whether or not crossing species, like, boundaries is, like, crossing boundaries as, like, a thing between species, if that is ethical or not. Because some people think it is, some people don't have a problem with it, but some people think that is just like one of the worst things that you can do because some people believe that this is taking away our identity as human beings and nothing can really take away from that. But the idea of having like animal, animal like qualities in a person or vice versa could like blur the lines of what our species or another really is and um it also brings up what defines a human being just in general because you can't really or at least according to some people you can't really say what a human being is if all of the parts of any one given person is not all whatever would be typically human. And I believe that's where a lot of the problems come from. And um, like that barrier, like like in the law, like because is this person an animal because they have these qualities? Can they be prosecuted? Because animals can be prosecuted under the law, <laughs> but humans can be. But like I said, if you blur the lines of what a human is, these questions come into play. So it just blurs the lines of a lot of things and also what the ethics are of uh, animal testing, whatever you believe on that, will ultimately define your opinion on chimeras in general. Yes. Additionally, this also ties into the stem cell debate is not only would we have to harvest or create stem human stem cells we would be injecting them into uh animal embryos all right we have a guest star to close us out this is jessica's jamboree signing off peace out bye bye adios oh thank you yay